fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. It is the middle of the week. Welcome into the broadcast. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we love you to death and appreciate you. As always, so welcome into the middle of the week, the greatest day of the week. And I don't just say that because it is a Wednesday, which means it is, some say hump day, the pre-pre-Friday, the post-post-Monday, the downhill slope from there. It is by far one of the best days of the week, but it is also a special day, not because of anything political, but for our personal story of the day, this is today, officially, the 10-year wedding anniversary of Mrs. Voice of Reason and I. I know. I know. Can you believe it? We officially made it 10 years. I don't know how she put up with me for that long, but nonetheless, here we are. For those that don't know, just kind of a quick synopsis, not going to spend too much time on personal stories today. However, I will say for those that don't know our story, because everybody goes, oh, Mrs. Voice of Reason and I are high school sweethearts. We met my freshman year of high school. It took me a year for her to to convince her to date me. (laughs) We dated for a year or so. My parents absolutely despised it. We weren't allowed to date. We dated in secret for another year until she graduated because she was a year, a couple years older than me. And we went our separate ways. Did not see each other for one, two, three, four, four years. Four years. My final two years of high school, two years into college. I left college, went back to go to a broadcasting school. And lo and behold, as I go into register, she's walking out from her class and is about to graduate. We meet again. We get married. The story is told. We have an eight-year-old daughter now and 10 years of marriage under our belt, dating for near 15 years, knowing each other for 15 to 17 years, whatever it's been. So happy anniversary, Mrs. Voice of Reason, and the venture continues. And boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of stuff that goes on together. As many know that we have our side projects and our business, our Hoosier Media Network, that we co-own together with this radio program, along with some projects that we do as well for uh, video and editing uh, shows, video and audio editing for podcast programs. We're starting our internet TV station with all the podcasting content that we have. Her side of it has the holistic medicines, the alternative medicines that the uh, uh, CDC and the FF, uh, the NIH and the FDA and everybody despises because it's not through big pharma. So we have some battles on our hand. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. That's all right. Between my political content and her holistic medicine content, we are like target number whatever it may be up on the list for the government to come after. So I am trying to prepare myself for that one. But nonetheless, we're battling it together and happy anniversary. And may we have another 10 years or so. And thank you for all the messages that we've seen on social media. This last weekend, as you know, not only was it Labor Day weekend, but we did for the first time, I took a few days off Thursday, Friday last week. And because of our anniversary, we went out of town and went to a camping trip. We went down to Arkansas. Now, I have to admit, I had never been to Arkansas, so this was kind of new to me. I was not aware that Arkansas was part of the Ozarks and was super hilly, was super like Southern-esque, and had the Ozark feel to it with nature. But it was really amazing. We went to a quote-unquote glamping thing, which I've made fun of and 
I don't usually go glamping, but I figured that we shouldn't just hike up and backpack our way into the mountains for two miles up uh, kind of thing for our anniversary because that would not be something that she enjoys. So we went to a tent that was really cool, a yurt our Viking yurt, which was pretty awesome. It was had a built-on deck. It had a propane gas tank. It had a solar panel or a solar-powered shower and bathroom and everything. Really neat, and we appreciate the Airbnb host that hosted us on there. We were out there for three or four days, got to enjoy right along the river, which was awesome until I found out how many snakes were actually out in the Ozarks in Arkansas, and I was very paranoid about that. And I saw one swimming in the river, and I kind of screamed like a girl a little bit. So there was that. But <laughs> overall, it was a great trip. I did get a, I get a, didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday because we had our congressman here in studio with us for the hour. But I uh, wanted to give you a quick synopsis. It was a great weekend. It was a lot of fun, and we got to celebrate the anniversary. But today is the official day of the 10-year wedding anniversary. On average, apparently in the country now, divorce happens on average after like eight years. So apparently we've broken the national average for the length of a marriage before it's split. So I guess that's good news. Why stop now, right? That's what they say, at least. So happy anniversary and excited to get things back up and rolling. Bottom of the hour of the show today, we have John O'Connor, author of Postgate, also author of the book Mysteries of Watergate. We'll talk about some of the scandals out of D.C. There is some new news coming out from the Donald Trump invasion of Mar-a-Lago at his home with the FBI raid. We have Apparently, according to them, there were nuclear documents in his house. <laughs> Uh, also, there's new information saying that Biden knew about the raid, which we knew, and he lied about it, and a new smear campaign against the judge. So we'll touch on all that as well. <laughs> I got a comment on here. Uh, first off, happy uh, welcome in, Joe. Welcome in, Robert. You guys into the live stream. If you guys comment on the video streams there. Uh, Florida, love you guys. Welcome from Texas. You guys are awesome. Love Texas. Did you hear any banjos playing in the woods? I did not hear any banjos. However, I will say... That on the drive home, which again was not aware of how southern and awesomely redneck that the state of Arkansas was, and I don't say that in a derogatory, I say that because I love you guys in Arkansas, and I had never been there, so I was excited to be there. We were driving home on Sunday, and off to the side of the road, driving out of Arkansas, getting close to the Missouri border, there was a big old barn that had just the words moonshine with the exit. Now, again, for those that may not know, uh, my family, I grew up in Ohio as a kid. However, my grandfather was born in Alabama. He was born in Alabama in the backwoods of a little bitty cabin, does not have a birth certificate kind of hillbilly backwoods Alabama lifestyle. That is where my heritage essentially comes from. The bootlegging moonshiners out of Alabama was my original family. So I've, and here's the thing, I've always wanted to get the family moonshine recipe because they used to have the family moonshine recipe. I don't have it. Because my grandfather, when he left, they moved to Ohio and he married a northerner, which at that time they kind of shut him off because he married a northerner. So I'm trying to work myself back into that family because I really want to get the moonshine recipe. Nonetheless, we saw the sign for moonshine. We turned off in Arkansas, turned off this exit. We followed it down this ridiculously crazy dirt road in the backwoods, which I was a little nervous of going back into. But there was a distillery there. It was beautiful. It was a local distillery that was there for, I think they said, about two or three years. I paid to have like the sample of like all 20 or 30 different flavors they had. It all equ- it equated with all of it up to like a shot total. But I tried all of it. It was amazing. One of them was like 140 proof. So that one burned a lot. But they had their basic white lightning flavor. They had a whole bunch of different stuff. I bought three bottles. I bought a peach moonshine. I bought a 
Huckleberry Moonshine, which is like blueberry. And then I bought um, I bought another one, too, and I don't remember what one it was now. Peach. That's right. Mrs. Voice Reason like peach. We bought a peach one. So that was, oh, it was pine sap. That was the other one, pine sap. And it's like a vanilla flavor, which is amazing. And you apparently mix it with Dr. Pepper, and it's great. So I'm looking forward to it. I had the bottles, have not busted them open yet, but they are delicious. And I appreciate those guys. If I remember the name of the brand, I will mention it on here and give those guys a plug. I'm actually bringing some in tomorrow because why the hell not? All right, enough of that. Let's get into what's trending. We have a lot to get to. So happy anniversary. Thank you for all the kind messages. We appreciate that. We had a wonderful time. I'm glad to have been to experience Arkansas, although I will say that is the state of the Clintons. So get out. Get out. Uh, Arkansas, you need to step up and actually like change your uh, prideness from um, the Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and being proud of those guys. I was not aware of, we drove through Fayetteville, Arkansas, was not aware that that was the town of the University of Arkansas in the Razorbacks, because we drove through the town, our camping site was like just outside of that area, a little town called like Prairie Grove, I believe, and we went through Fayetteville, and it was apparently the opening weekend for college football, and everybody was there, so that was kind of cool. All right, enough of that. Let's get into what's trending today. We have a lot to talk about. What's trending today? While I was away, though, I had a really hard time not looking at the news because I took off Thursday and Friday, and the Biden administration and Joe Biden had his nice little dark blood red speech that he had on Thursday night talking about how MAGA individuals were the most evil human beings on the face of the earth. And I saw the headline, and I was torn the entire weekend. Do I watch it? Do I not watch it because I'm on vacation? Do I watch it because he's trying to start a civil war? What the hell do I do? So we watched it, actually, and we listened to it on the drive back on Sunday. And it was a bunch of crap, obviously. And he tried to start violence, which everybody's talked about. I don't want to go down that path. But I'm curious because since then, I have yet to see a poll for Joe Biden on national approval ratings. And usually the headlines about once a week or every couple of days, the mainstream media will pop out some poll on Joe Biden's down a little bit. Joe Biden's up a little bit. I mean, right after he signed the Inflation Reduction Act, that does not do anything for inflation. After he signed that, his poll numbers went up a little bit. After he came out for the abortion issue, after the reversal of Roe v. Wade, his poll numbers went up just a little bit. After the student loan forgiveness program, the poll numbers went up just a little bit. Now, it's very easy to explain why the poll numbers went up. It's really because what they did was after these things, they go and they pull inner city individuals or big city individuals where there's a large Democrat stronghold to where that kind of gives them a bump up in the polls to say, oh, look, people love this. So take it with a grain of salt. It's very skewed. It's very manipulated. And we know that because you can never trust a poll on actuality or facts to actually guide you in the proper direction. You use that more of guidelines. You don't use that as factual information for, for polls. However... I'm curious on why we haven't seen the mainstream media run with a poll after his speech on Thursday, because you know it probably tanked outside of the fringe one or two percent that wants to be violent in this nation. No one else appreciated that because he, as he says, is a unifying president to represent both Republicans and Democrats. He vilified and not just vilified, he essentially said that half of the nation, registered Republicans, Donald Trump supporters, and MAGA individuals are domestic terrorists. And you can't say that without some type of political backlash. So I find that interesting that we haven't seen any polls outside of uh, what he said on Thursday, which makes sense. Now, my question is, what are Republicans doing here? 
and I've said this so many times before, I sound like a broken record and I'm beating a dead horse on this program, but what are Republicans doing to win the midterms? Because we are our own worst enemy. We shoot ourselves in the foot every time, and every time we gain momentum, the moderate hack establishment rhino Republicans are the ones that always find a way to sabotage what we're doing. According to Fox News, as we get closer to the elections and we ramp things up, the House GOP Super PAC has launched an ad blitz in 21 key congressional districts trying to target certain areas. And there's some toss-ups in here where we can win. I think there are ones that even lean Democrat that we can win in this nation. At the same time, though, I don't think we're coming out with anything original. Kevin McCarthy... The Speaker of the, or the soon to be hopefully Speaker of the House. I mean, I don't wish he does, but at least Republicans will have Speaker here soon. But he's kind of the front runner for the establishment middle of the road groups that's going to try and lead the party thereafter. He has unveiled a commitment to America plan on what Democrats are not doing and what Republicans are trying to do to set a plan for issues in the nation. Now, it's based off of the what Newt Gingrich had done back in the 90s, obviously, with his, uh, with his goals for America, his plan to save America, or whatever it was called. And he's trying to mimic the same thing. Is it the proper timing, or is it kind of a day late and a dollar short? We've had ample time to come up with a platform, ample time to talk about what our agenda is, ample time to let Democrats just self-destruct, and now two months before the election, we're coming out with a game plan. Typical Rhino Republicans... That's concerning to me because it sounds like it's just a political stunt as opposed to something they are actually going to do. But what does it entail? We'll talk about that when we come back here for a midweek celebration here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. What are Republicans doing? Are we going to sabotage ourselves going into the midterm elections? Or will we get our together, grow a pair of huevos, and actually get some stuff done? Because that's what we need to do. I'm telling you, the reason that Liz Cheney lost the election in Wyoming so badly, the reason that Republicans won Myra Flores or Mida Flores down in Florida or down in Texas in that 34th district that's been that's been <laughs> that's been Democrats for 150 years. The reason that Republicans are winning across the board. Sorry, the uh um we try to be bilingual on this program a little bit. So the reason that Republicans are winning across the board is not because we're going establishment Republican Rhino candidates. It's not. It's because we're getting candidates that are solid conservative, that are MAGA Trump supporters, and that do not want to just play nicely in Washington, D.C. to go along to get along. They want to get something done. They want to be productive. They want to change the country. And what Donald Trump said with this platform was to make America great again. So are Republicans actually doing that? Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the soon-to-be potential Speaker of the House if we gain the majority back into the House side. This is his plan as he's trying to mimic what Newt Gingrich did back in the 90s, which I'm glad we're doing it, but is it a day late and a dollar short? Mr. President, you know why? Because the Democrats in Washington have no plan to make life better. No plan to stop inflation, only to increase it. No plan to secure the border and stop fentanyl from poisoning our children. No plan to reduce crime and restore law and order in our cities. 
No plan to put our children's futures first and give parents a voice. No plan to get the country back on track. The American people deserve a Congress that focuses on their needs. In November, our country faces a clear choice. It's a choice between two different philosophies and two different futures. This is a national referendum, a referendum on inflation, illegal immigration, indoctrination, and crime at home and humiliation abroad. A choice between soaring inflation and skyrocketing energy costs or affordable rents and gas and groceries for you and your family. All right, let's stop right there. There's a lot to talk about because obviously, okay, all the things that he said are correct. These are all things that consumers are upset about. These are all the things that voters are upset about. These are all things that just the American public are upset about. And yes, Democrats do not have a plan for any of those. In fact, Democrats caused 90% of those. They're the ones that created an 8.5% inflation rate. It wasn't Russia. It wasn't Donald Trump. It wasn't COVID-19. It was you. When you allowed the Chinese uh, the, the ships to sit off the coast of California but not be undocked with products, you created a shortage in the supply chain. When you started spending trillions of dollars above our regular deficit spending of the year, you created inflation. When you started spending massive amounts of money, you created the inflation. When you stopped drilling domestically, and then you wondered why we couldn't get oil from Russia because of the conflict there, and then you're begging OPEC every month to import more oil, you created the high oil prices. Yes, you created all those Democrats. You. Look yourself in the mirror, accept the reality that you created these issues. Republicans, why the hell haven't you had a plan since the beginning of all this to call it out? We kind of have, but why now? Here's what Republican voters want. And if you come out on this platform hard and solid and you promise you'll get it done, then you'll get the win. Just like when Donald Trump took office and we had the Republican majority in Congress the first two years and we self-sabotage, if we would have allowed the agenda to happen, we could have cracked down on the cartels at the southern border. We could have cracked down on the immigration issue. We could have cracked down on the inflation issue and get the economy booming, which we did better than ever before. We could have gotten around two of tax cuts. We kind of deregulated things. We kind of defunded the IRS to the point we don't need to be tripling the size of the IRS now. We could have done these things. So the question is, Republicans, are you willing to go along with that agenda now if you get the majority in November? John O'Connor coming up right on the corner. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, Gerald. Welcome back into the program. Last half hour on the home stretch here for The Voice of Reason for the midweek celebration. Multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. Welcome aboard. Thanks for hanging out with us. We love you to death, no matter your way of watching the program. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that $5 bag. So that last segment we, of course, had to throw in where Republicans just need to grow a pair of huevos. Well, okay, so a little bit of a backstory there. Uh, here in the local market, we have our Spanish radio station we recently purchased with the company that I work for, and my program director of the Spanish station, I was not aware that he was still here in the building, and of course he had to look through the glass and, and uh, laugh at me. But... Uh, I'm learning so much 
I'm going to start incorporating it. I'm telling you, we're going to reach the Hispanic population and realize what the hell's going on because I think they're realizing what's going on politically in the world as well. And the vast exodus from many different groups from the Democrat Party. They are realizing the shenanigans that are being pulled there. So uh, we're waking them up little by little, and that's going to be a big focus here on this program. So uh, we appreciate that, and I'm going to continue to learn. One of these days, man, I'm telling you, one of these days, I'm going to learn enough Spanish to be able to get on the Spanish radio station and actually have a segment or to record a commercial. I will do it one of these days. We'll get there. All right, let's get into what's trending. Excited to have our next guest on the program. What's trending today? And we love having him on the show. We've had him on many times, and uh, it's exciting, especially now with his new book. Uh, his first book, Postgate, his new book that he has out, The Mysteries of Watergate, What Really Happened, which you can all find online at postgatebook.com. But excited to have back on here Mr. John O'Connor. John, how are you, my friend? Hey, not bad, Andy. Yeah, good to talk with you. Always a pleasure. And I tell you what, it's never a dull moment. It seems like the closer we get to election season, the more shenanigans that we see in the news every day. Isn't that funny? You think there's any connection? <laughs> yeah, there's some kind of connection there. Last we talked, that was right after the uh, the initial raid on Mar-a-Lago and Trump. And I want to get your thoughts on this, on the latest, because now we're starting to get, according to the headlines that I've seen just today, we have the apparently the knowledge that Joe Biden knew about the raid on Trump's home, even though he denied it and said that he had zero clue, none whatsoever, had no clue what was going on, that it was even going to happen. Then we hear, according to MSN now, that there are documents, according to them, that Trump had in his house that had to do with nuclear weapons in the country. And now they're saying, is he going to sell them? What was going to? What was he going to do with them? And now there's the smear campaign as well on the judge that said that we need to actually have a third-party investigator oversee the investigation so make sure that it's all going hunky-dory as well. With all this news coming out and the mudslinging back and forth, what's your take on the latest that you've heard with this entire situation? Well, let me pick uh, these one at a time if I can. Number one, I don't believe they're trying to make this into nuclear secrets. First of all, even by these leaks, Trump had none of America's nuclear secrets. Mm -hmm. What they did, somebody is maybe stretching, perhaps beyond the elastic limits, that in these documents was something, underlined something, about a foreign country's nuclear capability. Yeah. Now, that could be anything. Let's assume the leak is actually true, which a lot of these are not, by the way. Uh, there have been leaks for a while that, oh, there might be nuclear secrets by people who have no idea whether there might be nuclear secrets in there. But the fact is, these are not nuclear secrets. If, if you believe the leak, all that happened was in one of those documents, somebody mentions the nuclear strength of another country. Then you might, for instance, say, gee... Because after all, it's been a contention for a long time as to what weapons Ukraine has, for example, or what Russia has versus Ukraine. You know, it could be anything that that is something that any of us would know. The fact that it's in a so-called classified documents, give me a break. These things are stale, you know, months after they're written. You know, a lot of these documents are five years old. So that's that's number one. Um, Number two. The whole idea of this search was not for the classified documents anyway. Sure. There were a hundred straggling classified documents that I think Trump's lawyers thought they had given them all, but hadn't. I do this every day. Every lawyer who litigates does this every day. You find that the other side's document production may have a couple holes in it, which you can do when you drill down and look at the documents closely. Oh, there's some missing documents at this sequence. 
you call up the other side and you work it out. And that, and nine times out of 10, that does it. And, the, and the Trump's lawyers were cooperative. They would have done it. Number two, if you do have a legitimate beef, you simply get on your moped and go a mile to the Palm Beach courthouse and go to a judge. And the judge would give you the, the, the documents. He'd look at them and then decide whether to give them. But even at that, Andy, here's the key. All that Biden would have gotten would be 100 pages, which apparently are 11 documents, 11 actual documents, multi-page documents. They would have gotten 100 pages, and that's all. They didn't want 100 pages. They had 800 from the first go-rounds, and these are the 100 stragglers. They didn't want 100 classified documents. That's all a canard and a pretext. What they wanted was the 650,000 unclassified documents that they got from Trump over this whole kerfuffle. Uh, the last search getting 360,000 of them, uh, the original uh, transfer of 25 boxes giving them about 300,000. So in essence, under the Presidential Records Act, even though the government technically, quote, owns, unquote, all these presidential papers, a law passed solely that so that Richard Nixon wouldn't destroy his tapes. That's the only reason they passed it, to show, say, you can't destroy these tapes because we own them. Right. That's the sole purpose of the act. But the fact is, is that under the act, the ex-president is supposed to have unfettered, complete, exclusive access to those documents, and the sitting president and Congress cannot see them unless there is a specific established need. Now, let me apply that principle. I, I think probably you can say that, okay, the president has an established need to get classified documents back and put them someplace securely, even though they overdid it and didn't need to do what they did. But they, there's a need for that. There's no need for Trump's unclassified documents. There's just none. And yet, right now, Biden is looking at these documents and he doesn't have any right to be looking at them, or at least until the special master came along, and I'll talk about her in a second. Uh, and Trump is now being deprived of his exclusive asset. So you tell access. So you tell me whether this is is uh, uh, right or wrong. Is there equal justice under the law? Meanwhile, Barack Obama has 30 million unclassified documents that he has had exclusive access to in a government paid for for 12 million bucks, a government paid warehouse where the archives is not yet put a finger on those documents. Uh, so anyway, Andy, you also asked me about this special master. The special master is causing heartburn on the left. Because she and the special master honestly look at the documents. Special round. When a court appoints a special master, they're not political stooges. They're not political hacks. They are people that are hired because they have sterling reputations. They go through very, very workmanlike and do what the judge tells them to do. They won't get hired if they don't do that. Yeah. And when I say do what the judge tells them to do, they're going to examine the documents and try to see if there were documents wrongfully seized. Um, I still think, and I don't know that the special master, Andy, has this power, but and maybe the judge sitting there does, but this was an overbroad warrant. I would like somebody to look at these documents and say, all the unclassifieds go back to Trump. Now, I don't know. I think Biden's going to claim that all those unclassified documents are evidence of some crime. It's really silly. There's no crime. And the whole thing is just puffed up. 
And the reason it happened was because Biden knows that in those documents are dynamite that will blow Biden's corruption out of the water. And he doesn't want them. He's afraid of what Trump's going to do with them. Well, that was my next question is, what is the purpose then? Because if Congress is not allowed to see some of these documents, if the current president's not allowed to see some of these documents because they were done under the past administration and the past administration being Donald Trump is allowed to have these documents, but they find a ridiculous, absurd way to raid it, to go in and confiscate all these and create this media hysteria that he's not allowed to have these outside of just trying to prevent him from running for, for president again or being involved politically, what's the other objective here? Is it for Biden to find certain documents to conceal something? Is it for Congress to get their hands on documents they're not supposed to get it during the January 6th hearings and committees here? I mean, what's the purpose of confiscating all of this stuff outside of just the blatant political sabotage here? Well, I mean, the, the, the purpose is it's much like the Russiagate thing. Remember, Russiagate was started because Hillary was trying to mask the way the DNC, through her sponsorship, screwed Bernie Sanders. So they came up with this canard to uh, excite the masses at the convention. That's when they started running around on their golf courts at the convention saying, hey, what about this Trump-Russiagate stuff? It completely uh, distracted attention from Hillary's cheating regarding Bernie Sanders. This is the same thing. Trump has got a lawsuit. Uh, against the government on Russiagate, on Hillary, Biden's uh, national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, who came up with the Russiagate thing. But also, these documents um, could really focus attention on Biden's corruption. And if Trump wanted to release them, and remember, they're unclassified. They're unclassified. And so if he wanted to release them, he could, and he could do it right at a key time either for the midterms or for 2024. And I think Biden was definitely afraid that Trump would do that and Trump, uh, Biden's corruption would be exposed right at a time, by the way, that China is encircling Taiwan and all of the chips that we use every day on all our devices, China is going to be in control of those yeah. because of Biden's corruption. Wow. He does not have the gut stand up for somebody that's got the goods on. And that's where I think that's interesting, John. Yeah, John, hold on the line. we got to take a hard break here. This The plot thickens with this investigation. This is interesting information. We'll continue this when we come back here. It's The Voice of Reason. It's a Wednesday. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Don Wright, welcome back into the program. Boy, oh boy, the show goes by way too fast, especially with all the stuff we're talking about. The plot thickens, the layers of the onion begin to get revealed as we see what the heck's really going on with the attack on Donald Trump, the attack on Republicans, the January 6th committee, the raid into the Mar-a-Lago home. It's all unfolding with the man himself, and this is the guy... That breaks all of this stuff. This is the guy that researches this. He's a podcaster. He's an investigative journalist. His new book, The Mysteries of Watergate, What Really Happened. You'll never know more information about government scandals and inside cover-ups than the research that this guy does. John O'Connor, which is really happy to have on the program. So let me get this straight, John. We have 
the invasion of Mar-a-Lago from the FBI to potentially cover up or at least get some documents that Donald Trump had that could incriminate Joe Biden because we know the Biden family is completely corrupt and Donald Trump may or may not have had information on him that could have harmed him not only for the midterms but for the presidential election in 2024 along with, I think, the January 6th committee that apparently is not supposed to have some of these documents or access some of them, being able to look at this to find a way to politically just assassinate Donald Trump, so to speak, and make sure he can never run for office again. Have we got about that summed up? I think you've got it summed up, Andy. Wow. They are doing things that they're not allowed to do. Wow. Very simple. Very now, simply. Now, at the same time, let's take it to the next level from the speech that we saw from Joe Biden last week on Thursday with the blood-red background and him saying that essentially Donald Trump and every supporter of Donald Trump, which is at least 75 million voters in this country, according to the election results that we saw in 2020, that according to them, every one of those individuals are not just political opponents, they are now enemies of the state and domestic terrorists. How does that tie into all this? Uh oh, did we lose him? Maybe we lost him. John, are you there? All right, hold on. We'll put him on hold here for a second. Ah, I'm going to tie it all in right there. I know that he was having some sketchy service before, so we'll see if we got him back. Give me a second. Let's see. John, are you there with me? Can you hear me? Hey, there we go. Okay, you were cutting in and out just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in a bad area, and I'm just trying to get to a good one, and I think I've got it. But in any case, um, yeah, what what it is is it's it's very much well. The irony of it is is while Biden has no idea what a fascist is, <laughs> but if you really want to talk about who's the fascist here, it's the guy that has a dramatic Hitler-like uh, session where he denounces as evil the other side. That's very Hitlerian, where he tries to have one party and one point of view prevail, and tries to impose his will. And by the way, he's the kind of guy that, oh, I think rather than having the legislature decide whether there's half a trillion dollars in debt forgiven, he can do it himself because he's a dictator. Yeah. So if you want to look and see who's who's a fascist, it's also the guy who's throwing people into the clink and not letting them out of solitary confinement for January 6th, where they're kind of overdoing it. I'm not saying people people should go to jail that are really bad in that thing, or they should be prosecuted if they're semi bad. Sure. But but once again, like um, like a fascist, this is you know he's going overboard on show trials. The January sixth committee is a show trial. So the odd thing about it is, while Biden talks about all the MAGA people being this fascist terrible group, guess who's the fascist here? Guess who's the party that is trying to uh, uh, impose authoritarian rule without brooking any dissent? All the MAGA people have done wrong, as I can see it, is disagree with Biden, okay? That's their sin, and they're getting denounced by the President of the United States in a nationally televised, although only uh, MS, uh, NBC, and some others would would show it, (laughs) uh, address. It is really... It's frightening. If, if Biden weren't so incompetent, it would be frightening. To me, it's just it's sickening more than anything else. Yeah, well, it is really sickening. And you're right, the level of division, I mean, we got about 30 seconds here, but is this going to cause even a deeper rift in the nation? And could this lead to what a third of the country thinks is going to happen at some point here of a civil war in about 20, 30 seconds? Well, I think 
hopefully it will drive Biden and his group off to the side. And my hope is that the remaining two thirds of the country will see a broad consensus, uh, which should happen if people are alive and thinking. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can find some unity, and that unity would be to boot this guy out of office and make sure that we don't have any crazy, divisive individuals in office like this again. It is The Mysteries of Watergate, What Really Happened. The latest book, go check it out at postgatebook.com. The author, John O'Connor, the man himself. We love having him on the show. John, always a pleasure, my friend. Let's do this again real soon. It's been a blast, Andy. Hey, always a pleasure. We love it. We'll get you back on here real soon. That does it for us today. Back at it tomorrow for our pre-Friday celebration. We have a laundry list of things to get to, which we'll do tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.